When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's an exciting but very busy time in Nebraska athletics. you got basketball going on, just had a sold-out game, and then you announced volleyball is going to be playing at Memorial Stadium for an in-state battle with UNO. How cool is it to see that event? Well, as you know, I'm a, I have a little problem with competition, and um, I, I really don't like losing. And so we had a very proud record for a while, and then, of course, one of our colleagues in the Big Ten decided to go compete in an arena and break our record. Unfortunately, PBA isn't quite large enough to be able to, to match the Kohl Center record. So we were thinking of some crazy ideas. We had a great time outdoors at Garth Brooks. Obviously, weather is the important thing. And I said, what if we tried to play an outdoor game for volleyball? And what if we included other state schools, especially within our system, the University of Nebraska, and we could share financially with them and then just have a celebration? We just came off of 50 years of Title IX. Um, volleyball in the state of Nebraska has been such an amazing thing for young women. We need to honor it. We need to celebrate it. And then, by the way, we should try to break that record once and for all. And then at the end, we're not, they're not, they're not going to come because of the concert. But at the end, we're going to have a concert with a uh, you know, well-known country artist that's going to be fantastic. We're going to have a great time. And we're going to break a record. And we're just going to have to pray for decent weather. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaffer, and I'm with Anki. You know, uh, it's been a while since we've gotten together, guys, as a group, and uh, uh, a lot of things have happened, some very good things have happened, so th- this should be a fun night. Let's just get together, talk a little football, talk a little basketball, baseball, whatever. Go Big Red. Five screens tonight. Five. That's because we're with Mac, too. Mac, what's up, man? Speaking to Honky's positivity, <laughs> the local Fairweather is back. No, can't hear? Oh, this is awesome. Can't hear we me can at hear all? You. We can hear you. I'll you're good. Mind, you're good. Oh, you can't hear me. All right, I was just going to oh, make yeah. up from silence. Yeah, you're fine, right, buddy. Cool. Oh, hey. Uh, you're not I'm, on mute. Like I said, Honky <laughs> brought me in with all the positivity. You, you're out of practice, <laughs> though, <laughs> man. You got to get I'm back in the swing of bombs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the home, the home station's a little rough. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll clear it up here. All right. Sounds good. Also with Boomer. Well, just excited for the the announcement from Trev Alberts with the All Nebraska Volleyball Spectacular, and I'm sure our Jasker fans are looking forward to their role in that. Oh, you guys aren't invited, so <laughs> sorry. Uh, wait till we have WrestleMania Memorial Stadium, Boomer, and then you'd be set. I'm an um, AEW guy. That, that's actually they're going to do that. <laughs> they're going to do that with the unveiling of the Baron statue, isn't that right? There we go. There we yeah, go. We need right there. All right. Well, you just heard him. Redcast Rob. Well, I'd just like to make an announcement that I will be making an announcement, a very important announcement, at the end of the show. So, <laughs> you know, you guys got about an hour before my announcement. Riveting. I'm hoping you you're tweeting down? that out. Um, yeah, it's actually account. a count up on the show if you're following okay. on how long we've been doing Good. it. So, yeah. Good. Great. All right. Well, we maybe we'll talk a little uh, recruiting here at uh, at some point. But, uh, you know, hockey, uh, you know, a very good weekend for Nebraska athletics, right? 
Yeah, it was a little bit of everything. It's from the Friday announcement of volleyball that's going to be at Memorial Stadium. As Trev said there at the beginning of this, the opening selling out, they're trying to sell out Memorial Stadium to have a, a record that will never be beat to, you know, we had a, a no hitter in softball. We had a sweep in baseball. We had the fourth straight win in basketball. We had the number one recruit in the country, make a surprise visit here for football. I mean, all, there's a lot of good things all of a sudden happening. And, uh, you know, we'll let Rob fully drink the Kool-Aid, but it's hard sometimes <laughs> to put the Kool-Aid down right now when, when so many good things seem to be happening. So it's a, it's a fun time. Uh, very true. Very true. Before we get to tweets of the week, Honk, did you want to run through um, some of the upcoming shows at all? Yeah, absolutely. We got a, a whole slew of these fan forums coming up here. Uh, the next uh, few Wednesdays, all at eight o'clock uh, this week, Husk Johnny uh, at GBR Homer on Twitter, former walk on Iraq, Iraq war veteran and Husker fan. So he'll be on then uh, the next Wednesday, uh, March 8th. We'll have Redcast Abby, the, the face of Husker Twitter, 8 p.m. on uh uh, Central Standard Time there. The next week, I'll be going to Denver and being with Dave out there. And and Rob, I'm sure you'll be coming out there. And we'll be watching March Madness and stuff. So taking that week off. And then the following week, we have Connor Hayden, who is with Corn Crazed. And, uh, I mean, if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm sure you've probably watched him on YouTube then. So uh, that's the uh, number one Nebraska football talk show on YouTube right now. So that's March 22nd at, at 8 p.m. And uh, I guess we wanted to, to help promote this. Uh, there's a, you know, the, the Nebraska podcast awards, it's starting to come out here. We we're signed up for it. It's going to be in August. So there's quite a bit of time between now and then, but, uh, at least wanted to get it out there. Uh, a big shout out to the no block, no rock guys that uh, they're putting this together right now. It's scheduled to be at Nebraska brewing company. If it doesn't get too big. And I, I don't even want to get into all details. Yet. <laughs> there's a lot of people all of a sudden like this is, this is becoming something. And, so, uh, I mean, the funny to- thing is it would just be the podcasters that will fill up that space, right? There's that <laughs> many Husker podcasts out there. there. There's there's some truth behind <laughs> that. And then the actual the followers and families and friends and listeners and everything, too. I mean, it, this could be something really pretty cool. And so we're happy to be a part of it uh, early on. But, again, I, I, I want to give all the credit to No Block No Rock guys for putting everything together. They did an amazing video uh, a week ago also kind of promoting it. So you'll be seeing more of that on social media. And then last but not least, it's the, the Redcast store. And here's the QR code. Click on that. It'll take you to the store. You can be buying uh, Redcast merch now, everything from the koozies and the shirts and the sweatshirts and, and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, it's uh, Shane and, and Laura out there with Smack and Smooch have done an amazing job putting that together. And we have some great gear out there. And, so, And the QR code works. Look, see. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look at that there. So, anyways, uh, that, uh, that is kind of the, uh, the, the opening segment there, Dave. Awesome. No, I mean, that's, that's really cool. You know, I mean, uh, it's awesome that Husker podcasting has grown to such a degree. We have a, an awards banquet of sorts. We're considered <laughs> like OGs. Yeah. We're, we're, we've got to be one of the, the, the longest lasting and definitely collectively the oldest. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> right? Ouch. Uh, just, yeah. just, I mean, Rob, you might be, you know, one of the oldest podcasters out there, really. Well, know? I think, I think Ken from Generation Red yeah. is like seventy-five, so <laughs> I think I, I think I'm, I'm not very close to him. I, I, I think his son's like the same age as me, if I recall. <laughs> no, he's, he's younger, but anyways, <laughs> good job. Uh, yeah, no, we, uh, it should, be, should be fun, and um, that, that's, that's cool. Um, all right, Hawk, are we ready for uh, some tweets of the week? Let's do it. And uh, the first one here 
is just from the other day, and this this is falls in line with what uh, we're talking about tonight. Is that you know all the good things going on? I was at the game, uh, the basketball game victory against Minnesota. Uh, we led from start to finish, and uh, it was uh, basketball wins four straight. Check mark. You know, number one recruit in the country. Here's throwing the bones. Check mark. Uh, the the team was in the lead, the baseball team. Now they went on to, to actually sweep them, so check mark. And then I had a beer in my hand, so I have a beer at PBA check mark. Like this is a great time to be a Husker fan. I it was even like insert what you're what you're happy about right now, and uh, that's kind of the point of getting us together here tonight and and having people that are watching and everything. You know, send, put it in your comments as well if you're following along and watching because this is a great time right now to be a Husker fan, and we don't take that lightly. The five of us because we started. <laughs> in April of 2017, thinking that we'd be talking about basketball every year in March about, you know, what, you know, where are we going to be seated and things like that? Well, it never happened. Or in every year in football, we'd always be talking about, you know, what bowl games are we going to? Well, it never happened. And so to be at a moment right now where it actually feels like you can start to feel that momentum, you don't want to be heard as Husker fans. I get it. But at the same token, man, it, it really is. There's a lot of good things going on. And, and I think that that, that tweet kind of helped, just show some of those things. I mean, every sport seems to be, you know, hitting on something. Yeah, Hunk. I mean, I think you asked us uh, earlier today on the text thread, you know, when's the last time you felt this good about Nebraska athletics? And um, I had a snarky response. But, I mean, honestly, it, I can't really think of the last time it, it was that good of a weekend, right, in the sense that nothing really went wrong. And um, obviously things can't go too wrong in football right now, but you have to uh, feel pretty good um, with the reports coming out of camp, how well Matt Rule and his staff have um, taken to this state and uh, recruiting and ramping up for spring ball. Mac, I mean, I mean, it, you're so excited. You're actually on the show, for goodness sakes. Right. I mean, so <laughs> let's talk yep. football a little bit here, right? You know, I mean, yeah, what are you looking forward to here? Well, it's kind of like what you said. I was talking to Honk earlier today and I'm like, it really can't get any better than this because, I mean, eventually we're going to lose a game. You know, I, don't, I mean, even the season goes well, eventually we're going to lose a game. It could be the first game. Who knows? But it's so good right now. We've got all kinds of fire, all kinds of hype going. Everything, everything I hear about Matt Rule, and I'm sure the same goes for you guys, is positive. He seems to have multiplied and scattered his clones throughout the state and, and across <laughs> the nation. And, you know, every bit of feedback you hear – I mean, he's been on a lot of podcasts too, but everything you hear from all his staff is is just what a, a dedication he has to his own staff and the love of the players. And you know, it, this is this is truly the the honeymoon period. It's, it's as good as it gets. And the, with the other supporting programs like basketball making a run, like nobody nobody saw mm-hmm. that coming. Even what three four weeks ago, that's been nice. And baseball coming out and putting up a whole bunch of runs. We have no idea, like. What if that got hot at the same time? And then Trev makes this huge announcement and it was handled so well. And, and it's so fun. And, and he dressed it up as this celebration of women and, and the celebration of title nine, but really it was just Trev not liking to lose the attendance record, but he did such a good job you know, of dressing it up. <laughs> he hit his, his hyper competitiveness in a, in a big function for, and it really turns out to be this great thing. So I just I really love the leadership at the, at the top right now and how that's trickling down. And it just doesn't seem like there's any um, any loss of of the message all the way down to, you know, the training staff. And uh, I heard uh, Dr. Elza on another podcast. She was with uh, Jessica, Jessica Cootie. Is that right? 
Mm, yeah, the Husker Tom's Radio Zenny. Sports, yeah. And and she's just fantastic. I mean, they just have so many good things to report. I'm I have legit been diving into Husker stuff lately and it's, Max, it's been wonderful. You- it's like a it's like an old pair of shoes, man. You know, like just <laughs> oh, he's fit. I forgot. These are comfortable. That's why Mac, I kept these. Mac, did you, you know, speaking of podcasts, did you hear the podcast that we had last week? with uh, Cody Glenn and and the words that he used about Dr. Susan Elsa saying that we struck gold. And I mean, he went in, he went in depth about yeah. the importance that her role is and, and, and some of the things right. that coach rule and the staff that he's put together, what they're doing down in Texas. I mean, it's, an, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it is that was a great interview by the way, Honk. Yeah, it was really sorry. good. I was right. Yeah, no. I was the, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rob. Oh, no, I was just going to say it really, and I was telling Honky afterwards that it really gives me like a lot of the feel. And and I'm not going to mention the name of the team, but um, like an NFL executive, uh, Amy Trask. She was uh, president of team operations for the Oakland Raiders for a long time. She was the first woman executive in um, in the NFL, I believe it was. And she still to this day um, is is will tell stories about what it was like for her to be in the, you know, in the room with all of these owners and executives. And she was the only woman. And, and, you know, it's just great to see that like that sort of thing kind of allowed us to move forward and, you know, start using it because they're, you know, a lot more women are starting to be trusted in these roles because they're doing great jobs like she is. Mm. So it's, well, you know, Rob, what I like, Oh, I'm sorry, Dave, but I was just, what I love about Dr. Susan Elsa here is that, Yes, she is a woman, and yet no one's talking about that. Yeah. What they're talking about is she did such amazing work when she was in the, the I'm going to screw it up. It's like the University Interscholastic League. UIL, of Texas, I believe. UIL. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when Cody Glenn talked about her, it was just the, the connections that she makes. And when and when she says something, it's gold. And, you it, you know, Dave, I mean, you watch that. She was like, yeah. if, if she says something or if you have an issue, you go to her, she takes care of it. It, it had nothing to you're absolutely right about that. It's yeah. from a title nine standpoint and everything. It's, it's a, it's a great thing that we have, uh, you know, women in these leadership roles, but it, I love the fact that that wasn't even the focus of it. It was just Cody Glenn's like, you want something done, you go to her and she is that important of a hire. I love it. I I really think that. And she, coach she's developed this unique. respect in Texas football too, where like coaches, you know, were basically like coming to her and being like, so, is all of this legit? Like are the Huskers coaching staff, like, do they really mean this kind of was the feel mm-hmm. you get? And where she was like, yeah, they do. And the coach was like, okay, good enough for me. Like that's <laughs> like the respect that she warrants, right? Like that, that these coaches are basically asking her for, for advice on whether or not they should be letting the Husker coaching well, staff have that kind of access and, and trust. And, and, and she says, yes. And they're like, okay, cool. Go for it. So anyway, Rob, I, I take yes. it you're drinking a lot of Kool-Aid right now, huh? Um, it's funny because I'm actually drinking a lot less Kool-Aid than I was last year. I, I do have a little bit more reserved optimism. I think I'll call it that. Um, all right. All right. Yeah. But, but very the, responsible only, the only reason is the only, the only reason is it's kind of like, you know, being married twice, you know, you, you can still be very much in love and more in love, but at the same time, you, you kind of know how much to let your emotions truly show until it, your you know, husband relationship is maturing is what you're saying, Rob, is what you're Shut trying up, to Dave. tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so and I'm absolutely guzzling Kool-Aid. I just want you to know that it's, right, know, that's, I'm good. Just, that's good. That's good. So boomer, 
you know, I mean, like just from a, a Husker athletics, you know, I mean, uh, obviously football is great, but it just everything else has fallen into place too. Even, you know, women's basketball is still doing well and everything that, you know, it's, it's, it's a good time for Husker athletics in general. Yeah, it was. And there was a lot of it to actually be watched this weekend, uh, you know, whether it's on basketball. I was even watching gymnastics for a while, you know, just yeah. because it was on. And, you know, that was entertaining to watch as well. And it was it's just fun to see all these different opportunities. Wrestling? Of, Wrestling's doing wrestling really was well. On, yeah. yep, just getting able to watch Husker athletics in general. And, uh, and that kind of even ties into more of a meta thing with we've talked on this with, you know, some of our other listeners about how we don't think volleyball gets enough publicity in terms of major sports. And an event like this where you're having it in an outdoor event when nothing else is going to be on TV really on a random Wednesday in August, this might be a great opportunity for college volleyball to be televised and get good publicity. So this College good football eve, essentially, yes. right? Yeah, essentially, the, yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, there's a, isn't night. there a game like the next night? Somebody's playing eh, somewhere. I think somebody's playing somebody. Yeah. Maybe some of our listeners know, but yeah, we'll ask them that. But, yeah, we'll try to figure I mean, this, that this is kind of like, you know, you have the, the winter classics in, in hockey, you know, when they're playing outdoors. Sure. On, on, yeah, mm-hmm. Just another way to draw eyes to it and get some publicity it wouldn't have. And this might be one of those great opportunities for the sport to get some get some viewers just outside of the Husker fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh. Just to kind of go through some of the other ones here, we had uh, – this is a good one uh, for Tweet of the Week. Uh, Husker Wave posted this yesterday. There was snow in Southern California, so he said God is preparing them for Big Ten football. And <laughs> that, that took off. Uh, that was a that was a good one. Uh, they did make the announcement here of the spring practices. And, of course, the text is so small here, and I don't have it written out right in front of me. But it basically starts in March right after spring break, and it will go all the way through spring. The, the difference in this spring versus previous years is they're not going to take a break, a, a week break in the middle of practice for spring break. It's They're just going to start after it and and uh, go through. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's us there. This one, um, uh, C.J. Uh, uh, Cavazos, the director of football uh, relations, I thought this was really cool. He sent out – couple of uh tweets one morning and it was just different coaching staffs from you know across the state that were that had come to Lincoln they were there that that morning and it, again it, it's just it kind of furthers that narrative that we've been pushing about how whether it was Ed Foley early on going to the coaching staffs you know going all around the, the state and this whole staff did and now we're seeing these coaching staffs coming to uh, UNL and and I love that 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 back and forth building those relationships. So here's a you know three different uh, tweets here, three different coaching staffs, and they're all taking photos in front of the the big in uh, waterfall. And I just think that that's a we're going to see more and more of that, and that's exactly what we want is, is those connections being built. Um, speaking of uh, recruiting, did you guys see that uh, Carter Nelson, the uh, the Ainsworth player, uh, uh, eight man football guy? There he has the Alabama offer. So that came last week. So if you got an offer from Alabama, uh, you're probably going to have an offer from just about anybody in the country then at that point. That's (laughs) that's where he's, that's how he's being viewed. Yeah. That's amazing. That is. And uh, the last one of tweets of the week uh, is uh, Brett Siancia pick six previews. We, we absolutely love the, the blue blood talk. We've always done that. And he uh, tweeted out about a week ago, over 160,000 votes. uh, The percentage that view the program as blue blood. There were eight teams. It's the same eight ones from previous years that he's done it, but the eight, te- the top eight teams that are blue bloods, 94% was Alabama, 91% Ohio state, 85% Michigan, 85% Notre Dame, 84% Oklahoma, 77% USC, 76% Texas. And there's Nebraska. It's 75%, about 10% higher than last year's. 
uh, in the poll. And then huh, there's a, a sizable drop off. Right. Wow. Yeah. The, the next one after that is 54% UG, uh, Georgia. And then you get below 50% for the rest of the crew, the Penn States and Florida States and so on. So uh, Nebraska still is going to show up in his book this year as a, as a blue blood where they should. And uh, <laughs> that is your tweets of the week, folks. Very Solid good. Very good. So Mac, um, since we have you here, let's talk a little more football before spring ball. And, mm-hmm. um, oh, in scarlet colored glasses, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> where we talk all things Husker football. Um, but, uh, so what do you think about Dylan Rayola? <laughs> yeah, that, he's, he's the needle mover in the off season, isn't he? I, well, My goodness. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let the good feelings flow on this one. I mean, I, I could be, I could yeah, be pessimistic about it, I suppose, but man, but geez, he just keeps showing up. And you know, like, oh, I'm just going to see a game with my uncle in the in Trev Albert's seats, and then they'll just move, and we'll yeah. all just sit up front, and then we'll get a a chant for his name. Listen, man, USC, no argument. Lincoln Riley has put quarterbacks in the league. There's no question. Three highs. Georgia's very, very good right now, but you're a drop in the bucket if you yeah. go to Georgia. You're one of many five stars. Not that Dylan's not great, but you're not going to get the fan response anywhere else in Nebraska. Then, then, then Nebraska. Nowhere. He's got a chance to make a legacy or like no place else. And he wouldn't even have to do as much. It's kind of like the same with like Bryce McGowan's in basketball, right? We're at a point right now where this guy's really, <laughs> he could really change the program. He could really be a Pied Piper and lead some big time recruits to come to Nebraska and get this ball rolling fast. And if the coaching yeah, staff, yeah. it's what it's supposed to, and it looks like what they're building around him. I'm the longer the longer he stays not committed from all the other blue bloods mentioned here, um, the better for us. I think. I, I, I sometimes though I wonder like what is he waiting for from us? Like he's going to commit before the season. Starts so well, it seems like he's got exactly he's got to see, per se. a couple of obviously uh you know of I don't know if they're official or unofficial they might be unofficial but actual visits right mm-hmm. um the, the yeah. Georgia visit is happening uh, according to his father March yep. 18th and then Nebraska yep. on the 25th um I haven't heard about USC uh, I've also heard you know Sipple's mentioned Oregon still might be a little bit of a player. Um, so there could be a few others, but it, it does sound like you may want to make a decision here in the spring time frame. You know, with Georgia, it's interesting. I mean, if you're trying to think of how you're going to recruit against, uh, you know, the two time <laughs> defending national champion, obviously their OC left, but Kirby Smart's yeah. been leading that charge, I think. But they haven't had a lot of luck with five star quarterbacks at Georgia. They've recruited a lot of them, Justin no. Fields mm. and from and uh what another one of the jakes who left i don't can't remember and stetson <laughs> bennett who you know wasn't one of those guys and, right. and is you know, yeah. all things. and georgia isn't really known at least recently now with producing a whole bunch of wide receivers that's that's alabama right i mean um yeah and so you know I mean, they've had a, aj green and a few guys but yeah yeah, yeah there that's, you go. but that's been a while that's like a decade ago right yeah 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 i know it seems like it's crazy yeah. how long ago that really was but yeah yeah exactly and so, and then with USC, I mean, that, that is pretty compelling. I mean, he's going to walk on a campus yeah. and the expectation is, you know, he's going to win a Heisman and be the number one draft pick, but he is also, I mean, yeah. Caleb Williams is still there for another year and obviously it's a high bar, but I mean, that, that's going to be uh, tough to, to, to beat out, but 
it should be interesting to see how this plays out. And and you're right, you know, if if they land Raiola, you know, it seems like they could put together a pretty darn good class mm-hmm. even before they mm-hmm. snap the ball um, in yeah. in Minneapolis because mm-hmm. it, it's, it just feels like they're going to be able to maybe have a, a, a really good class built around him if he gets to to commit. Yeah, March 25th is a, just, a huge date, and, yeah. and uh, he's part of that. There's I, I had the list in front of me. I mean, there was a number – there was a couple of five-star guys in, in one of the – different uh publications i think uh we had like the number have one three number... five-star guys there maybe I think. it was something like that and it was like the number one and number three guy in the country well then they were also trying to convince the number two guy in the country to also make a mm-hmm. visit that weekend so you know imagine nebraska having number one number two and number three uh recruits in the country on top of all these other you know four stars and guys that, that they're bringing in. it's just, it's going to be a big weekend and again it's you know, we've seen this before. I get, you know, for Husker fans yeah. that are like, yeah, we've done Friday Night Lights and had Micah Parsons running around and all that. The, the reality here is, is are these are these really recruits that we're, you know, we have an honest shot at? That was the thing about the Friday Night Lights. Yeah. It was great watching Micah Parsons run right. down the field, but you also looked at it and go, well, he's not coming here. It's just, it's nice that he was here <laughs> right. for a weekend. But I, this is a different thing with Rayola for sure. And this last weekend, you know, that was not expected. And this was not a, it wasn't a recruiting weekend. Uh, this was, right. this is the the special loophole you get when your uncle is on the staff is that the NCAA can't prevent you from coming down and seeing your relatives. And, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I, I wonder, um, Boomer, maybe, you know, the legality of this, but we did see in hockey, you were at the game, right? Yeah. Um, so Dylan and his family are walking down to their front row uh, seats, which are, are and and Trev is in front of them, right? So mm-hmm. could he interact with Trev? I mean, not, not the rest of the coaches. He can interact with his uncle, obviously. But I mean, can he talk to Trev Alberts? Or I mean, how is that working out? I'm a little confused on the. I I mean, there was. I just want to buy a beer. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's certainly nothing hidden there. I mean, it was yeah. Trev yeah. has four four seats, and uh, that he had there, and he was um, sitting with someone for the at the beginning, and then they had the other two seats were open. Well. About halfway through, that's when uh, I think the Rayolas were up in one of the boxes. And I don't know if they were in the box with Coach Rule or not. I, I, maybe I'd presume so, but I don't know. But at one point, they about middle of the game, they they walked uh, you know alongside the the court. And you start hearing it. And, I mean, the fans are going crazy. The student section was going nuts. And then the four seats that Trev was at, that's where Donovan, Dominic, uh, Dylan, and then his younger brother, they, they took those seats. And they probably sat there for 20 minutes. Trev went off and did AD things with, you know, whatever he, you know, he was gone for a little bit. And then when he came back, uh, uh, you know, handshakes and hugs and they, uh, the whole, uh, rail group took off. And so they were probably gone maybe with five minutes left in the game. They missed it. There was a, there was a play. If you, I rewatched the game when I got home and Dylan was into the game. I mean, like he yeah. was cheering, like when Sam Hoiberg made a couple shots, he was cheering. And then there's one, uh, it goes into the commercial break and Greasel. Um, Sam Greasel dunks the ball and in the background behind the hoop, you see Dylan and he gets up and he's, you know, he's, you know, just cheering like crazy. And it was fun. I mean, he, you could tell he was getting into it. He loved the fan. He was interacting with the fans, uh, you know, throwing the bones, doing all that. So at the very least, you know, for not being a recruiting weekend, I think it, it left a good impression on him. 
And we actually had two, I'll go right to you in a second, Rob, two recruits there, right? Because that was probably his younger brother, Dayton, right? Who is also yes. a Nebraska recruit. He just happens to be like 2026. He has an offer already too. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's legitimately two two recruits down there. Rob. Oh, I was going to say it was uh, Dylan Riola, uh, KJ Bolden listed as an athlete, was the number two athlete. Okay. Um, and then defensive lineman Williams Nwaneri, I think is how you say his last name. It starts with an N, but it's NW. So it's one area. Those, if those yeah. three were there on March 25th, it'd be the top three recruits in the country, all five stars. Very cool. So, yeah. There was also a five star recruit at the basketball game for. Um, Hoiberg too. Yeah, bowl, um, last name Bull, not John related bowl. to not, not related Manute to Bull Bull or Minute Bull. Mm-hmm. He's like the one of the top recruits out of Kansas, or if not the top recruit out Sunrise of Kansas. Sunrise Christian, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I four was, star, I guess maybe some some was, services. Some, some places like Rivals or somewhere had him listed as a five star. He's mm-hmm. a seven two center, you know, and mm-hmm. I guess yeah. apparently he was in love with what he was seeing. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get tone. to him when we yeah, get yeah, to basketball, but we were just nice talking little, recruits and I was preview. all fired up. So sorry. It's that Kool-Aid. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, other things, Husker football, obviously we're gearing up. So on March 25th, they'll already have spring practice start. Is that right? Honky? Yeah. Yeah. So after right. spring break is done, then they'll start that up and it's just going to be, you know, four straight weeks or whatever that is straight through to the spring game, which is April 22nd. Right. And tickets um, are selling fast, but they're still available. Right? Yeah. The last that we saw, there was like 44,000 tickets that were purchased already. And that was as of last week's Tunnel Talk that they, they listed that. So obviously, it's, I assume it's above that a little bit right now. But let's get I mean, we're pu- we're pushing hard here. I mean, Redcast Nation. Yeah, buy, yeah. Well, speaking for, a, speaking for a friend, Honky. Um, if I would buy a ticket, is it just general admission and you show up or they assign seats? I haven't been to a spring game in years. It was, it was assigned seats. So I, I did get the four t- uh, tickets right away. And, uh, yeah, so we have actual seats to go to and, um, yeah, by the time I was buying them, they were already the, the, the seats in the suites were already taken up, which, and the club seats were, were taken up, which a year ago is where we sat. And I, I delayed a couple of days and I shouldn't have. So <laughs> we're yeah, going to be sitting yeah. outside like the plebes. <laughs> <laughs> we're roughing it. Redcast <laughs> on the rocks, it sounds like. With it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and again. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I think it's going to be much anticipated uh, spring ball. Um, you know, speaking of actually what we expect to see for spring ball, uh, it sounds like maybe we'll see some some competition, maybe some contact. I mean, Mac, Honky, you guys expecting some some actual hitting to happen out there? There better be. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what they're kind of selling us. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we talked yeah. about it with SIP, but I mean, if you're not going to do it with 105 scholarship guys, when are you going to do it? Sure. When are you ever going to hit? If you don't, I mean, if you don't got enough players now, I don't know. Yeah. And, and we need to, we need it. And the coaching staff needs to see this. They, they, other than Raiola, sure. nobody's with these guys last year. They know who's yeah. going to hit and who can take a hit and who can carry the ball after getting smoked. I mean, it's 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 all evaluation right now, and and I think I think they're going to let them run with it. I hope they do, and it, and that to me would be one of the best signs going forward of if, of all the yeah. talk of all the workout videos and the recruiting hype and everything like that. If the players are hitting and practices is hard, and, and it, oh, that's music to my ears at this point. Like, like that's so- what I'm looking for. Yeah, I was listening to Sam McEwen today on on one of the shows, and I never can remember. It might have, might have been a SIP show, but 
um, he was talking about how he feels that that rule is really not just diagnosed and, and took in all this information about what kind of went wrong or right during the frost era, but he really like he, he feels like rule has, has looked back 20 years and has, has thought about all the things that have happened um really since Solich left right and like that's how thorough he has been right mm-hmm. and um we've heard of of him watching a lot of a lot of coaches be like oh i, I don't want to taint my opinion of these guys i want to watch them fresh with my own eyes i want to watch any video but no rules watched like every game and every practice last year i mean like i mean it seems like he's putting a lot of uh, time and effort, and and that's exactly what we wanted, right? A grinder. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. You know, he even tweeted out a photo of him watching video from like the nineties. <laughs> you know, yeah, how cool is yeah, that? That's I mean, right. I'll, I'll play it was this betting, little... wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll play this little clip here. This is Trev at the the Team Jack Gala on Saturday night, being asked about Rule and just his thoughts, his initial thoughts here these first few months. But I thought this was really good, and this was from a. Uh, the, the Herdette Network, Anna Bellinghausen, uh, talking with Trev. And lastly, lots more football inside of Memorial Stadium ahead. It's a new era with Matt Rule. What's been your first impression in working with him and his recruiting show? We know he's been quite everywhere. Well, yeah, it's hard keeping up with him. Um, but, no, Matt's uh, he's been everything that I'd hoped. Um, he's a great person. He's high integrity. Um, he's got a lot of energy. He's a hard worker. And he's surrounded himself with really good people. So everybody's excited right now. We're undefeated, which is great. Um, but um, I think you're going to see a disciplined team that plays hard, that has a good culture, and uh, they're working really hard in recruiting. So it won't happen overnight. But I think that Coach Rule's the right person to continue building Nebraska football back to where we all hope it can be. You know, Dave, he hit on a lot of good things there, right? It won't happen overnight. There's the... There's the um, the yep. counter to the Kool-Aid, right? It won't happen overnight, but yet the right things are happening. They're grinding, they're working hard, they're recruiting hard, all those things. And, and it's going to be a physical team and they're going to, they're going to be disciplined. And, you know, those are the things that I want to hear right now. Those are the things that have been, you know, hurting us for, yeah. for yeah. ever since we started this show. You know, I mean, th- there's a few things I can be critical about with, with, um, rule and the staff. I, I mean, I, I wish mm-hmm. they would have been more experienced, all the type of stuff. We could, whatever, right? I mean, uh, that'll prove itself out. Hopefully, Garrett McGuire, not Garrett McGee, is what it yeah, is. Geez. Geez. Garrett McGuire is, is the next I... Lincoln Riley. I want him to yeah. be uh, an offensive coordinator in a few years and, and at 32 uh, coaching the NFL. I don't care. Um, that's why I, I hopefully that's what's going to happen, right? But I mean, could we have found a wide receiver coach with a few more um, years of experience? Sure, absolutely. But one thing I do love about what's been done here, and Trev mentioned it, is the support staff. Uh, something that's driving yeah. driven me crazy for years is that we're a blue blood. We we should act like a blue blood. Uh, we should have a support staff like a blue blood. And having I don't. It's just not the number or or. I mean, as long as rule has a plan for all forty people and they are doing things that are helping advance everyone to go forward and 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 realize our full potential as a football program. Uh, that's worth every penny of them, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's getting paid eight million a year for the next seven or eight years. Uh, what's you know, a uh, forty people at a hundred thousand or whatever it is, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of value there actually in those forty people, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Boomer, I mean, do you feel like having the uh, as long as you're utilizing those people to full effect, and you're just not hiring people to hire people, do you feel that will hopefully pay off in the long run? You hit the nail on the head with that. It's 
you can have all the people you want, but if you're not organized and not working them all in the same direction, then it probably creates more trouble than it's worth. I mean, you could argue we kind of saw that in the last coaching staff, just how large the roster got at some point. I mean, we had, what, didn't they get to like 150 players at some point? I mean, was yeah. it really doing us right. any good? Right. Probably not. So it, it really just depends if this athletic department, which I will say this seems far more organized than any we've had in a while. And Trev really, you know, seems to run things in a very business-like manner and gets everyone working on the same page. And rules seems to be working the same way. They kind of have the same culture in mind and the same end goals. So hmm. it should have a positive impact. I mean, again, the organization is the key to it. Well, Dave, when we had Adam McClintock on a couple of weeks ago, the college football professor with Matrix Analytical, the great company. Show. I loved it. Oh, yeah, wasn't it great? And, and that's the company that was hired by Trev to to make the hire, right? And and he talked about he, he referenced a Damon Benning uh, statement of you know head coaches coach the manage and coach the coordinators, the coordinators manage and coach the position coaches, and the position coaches coach the players. And it's just this it's this process, and it's this. This is the structure, and this is how it's going to be. And we're all going to be kind of lockstep, and we're going to be saying the same things, and it's not going to be crazy. And, you know, when you go back, and we heard some, eh, we, we heard things we can't talk about. But but I will say, you know, you think about in previous years, even think of last offseason, um, when you would have – you knew there was a clear disconnect at times between, like, Whipple and Frost. Just they weren't saying the same things in, in a public state, you know, in a public setting. I mean, a lot of times you figure you can just kind of BS your way through it and kind of, you know, get through a, a, a presser. But there were times where it's like, no, that we're, we're clearly not on the same page between this guy and this guy. And we've had yeah. that in previous, uh, you know, regimes when the AD and the coach and wh- whoever it is, just this dysfunction. And right now you just feel like – People are on the same page, and, and it absolutely starts at the very top there with Trev. I mean, the way that the, this is Trev's athletic department now. He's he's had about you know a year, almost two years now, to really kind of get it built up in the way that that I think he wants it to run. And, and now it's starting to feel like it's it's ready to go. I mean, really ready to to take off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Anything else on on football? It is almost March, so maybe it is time that we should be talking about. Some Nebraska ball. Am I bringing this up? There we yeah, go. There Nebraska ball. There we go. Well, it is uh, two games left, and we are now above five hundred, guys. I mean, I mean, Rob knew this all the time. He was a huge <laughs> supporter of Fred Hoiberg. Loves the guy. Just totally believes in his his coaching acumen, one hundred percent. So, uh, Rob, I'll start off with you. I mean, you saw this coming, right? This. Uh, Four-game win streak, five out of the last six. I, I saw that uh, there's only 11 Division One teams that are five and one better um, uh, since uh, the start of February, I think, or something like that. And Nebraska is one of them. Yeah. Well, honestly, I wanted him fired like a month and a half ago. <laughs> I, I did. I, At least you, you fess up to it, Rob. Yeah, I, I mean, I did. I, I and I think I, I would like to say that Boomer was kind of on the side of like this might be inevitable a little bit too, but um, he's not as vocal as me, but. Um, and I've said it already, Dave, and, I, and I've made it very public that I, I will not take that stance any longer. Um, I can admit when I was wrong. I, you know, after the two, two big injuries and, and, you know, I just thought, all right, this team is done for. And he's done nothing but take the players he has. And it's almost, you know, just basically gone back to just the inside out game with Walker and, you know, 
Tominaga. And, and that's the thing too, is that a couple of the guys that couldn't hit shots to save their life in the beginning of the season are now hitting all the shots. And maybe it's because yeah. of the number of shots they're getting, the amount of time they're spending on the court and getting the ball. Um, and, and I'm impressed. I really am. Color me impressed. I, I honestly believe that um, they should be talked about as a bubble team right now on a national level. Somehow they dropped from like 80, 87th to 93rd in the net rankings because Creighton crapped the bet against Villanova. No, no, it's because you played the 237th ranked yeah. net team in Minnesota. Well, we could lose the next two games and probably move up. Yeah, uh, and probably move that, so. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. still, it's just stupid right the way now. that that kind of stuff works and how much yeah. weight because you know they're they're saying like, oh, the big the Big Ten will have six teams in it or eight teams in it or whatnot, but then it's like, oh wait, but except Nebraska, you know, what I mean, that's kind of like the way it feels. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one too far. But, I mean, too they far. win these last two games, even if they win one of these last two games, and let's say they win one or two games in the Big Ten tournament, I believe that they do deserve mm-hmm. some kind of like at least consideration as like maybe even like a final four in bubble team, you know, playing on the first four or something like that. You know I mean? Give well, them. I wish you were on the selection committee, Rob. I would say yeah. that. But... So actually that's the big announcement. Not on the selection committee. Yeah. Go ahead. Honk. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, you know, I, I, I've nobody saw this coming. I mean, whether you were the biggest Fred backer or or you Dave wanted did. him gone, I don't I don't no, care who Dave it did. is. When we had when we had Sipple on just four weeks ago, we had a, a nice discussion about this, and and I don't think I rewatched it because I wanted to see did that discussion not age well. We weren't calling for him to be gone. Let's be very clear, but he needed to win games. So let's be very clear what he's what they've done these last six games, Dave, and being one of only four teams in this country to go five and one. That's important. They needed that. I mean, the record that he had in conference prior to that, the record that he's had through four seasons, I mean, it's just been – it was really abysmal, right? And I think back to being 17 down in the second half against Wisconsin. And uh, that was the weekend we went to to Kansas City, Great Wolf Lodge. And I'm sitting there in the hotel, and we don't get BTN, so I'm watching on my phone. And we're down 17 points. And I'm I'm texting with Beller, our our very good friend there, that uh, he's a longtime season ticket holder and all that. And they were down 17 points, and I I sent the I sent the DM to him. I go, they've given up, they've given up, and it was almost like the second I sent that, Casey made two threes. It was an 11 point difference all of a sudden, and then it just shot after shot and possession after possession. And they get to overtime and they win the game, and then you go and you beat Rutgers and you beat Maryland and you beat you know, and it's like, well, it shows what I know, but also good good on them. I mean, good on them. And we needed that. Husker fans desperately needed this. And my biggest argument, and the one that we gave with Sipple, and this is where I don't think this is why I don't think our 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 segment with him aged poorly. Our biggest mm-hmm. issue or mine was I didn't like Nebraska fans being labeled as people that don't care. They care. They just were not given anything to watch for too far too long. You give sure. it now, look at you've given them something to watch. And we're selling out the place to watch number 14 Minnesota come in there. 
you know? And, and now yeah. all of a sudden, I love how quick our expectations change. We, we, we're ahead <laughs> of Minnesota the whole game from start to finish. And, and I was still talking with fans that were like, yeah, but that wasn't a very good Minnesota team. And, you know, we were struggling. I was like, we, we were lowly we Nebraska two so weeks insane. ago. <laughs> we never were down to these guys and we're complaining about that win. Good. Yes, we beat them in overtime. We were <laughs> Minnesota last year, if I recall. Like, they couldn't win a Big Ten game. I was like, to we're, save their we're back. We're upset about a win. Good. So, yes, Husker um, fans. It, I mean, it's in, intriguing. I mean, you know, it's this is by far the most wins that, that in the Big Ten that Hoiberg has, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also um, the the third most since the the Miles era. God knows, and third most in the Big Ten probably is docked mm-hmm. in anything um, because Miles only had the two good years, right? He won like yeah. I, the eleven one year and maybe ten the, the other, um, and never won more than than what Fred just did this year with eight. Right. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Right. Fred could have another eight win season and he will have the two of the top four, you know, big 10 seasons of all time for us already. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, Matt, well, go ahead. on. Well, no, I was just going to say the, with the in it or with the net rankings, one of the things those analytics that go into it is, you know, we have the 15 losses and 13 of them have been like by double digits, 14 and, losses, 14. or is it 14 losses? Yeah. And that like, whatever it was, it was 12 or 13 of them, a, a large number of them were by big, losses Mar- margin of uh you know loss or, or victory plays into the net and yeah we got blown out by michigan and you know yeah you just you can't uh, unfortunately all the good that's happened in the last six games as much as i'd love to jump on the the bandwagon with rob that we should be a, a bubble team i can't in good conscience argue that right now even though we're even though we're hot and we're one of only te- four teams doing this 11 there's 11 teams or 11 teams but you still can't unwrite the (laughs) all the double digit losses that we had too so i just i love what they're doing and i'm just appreciating what they're doing right now that's more than anything i'm and and i love the fact that we have some stability right now i'm not concerned about fred not being back so go out there recruit the you know the the kid from sunrise christian go out there and let's let's get this thing done you know yeah you know i mean i i think it's um from a from a technical standpoint, I, I've been most impressed with Horberg's ability to, to flip the script on this season with the two the two players that were really the leaders, Gary and Banamel, um, getting injured. And they were defensively, that's what their signature was. And and they are they exit the the lineup and we have gone back to a little bit more of an offensive focus. I think the guys play better defense because of the examples that Gary and Manamela set, but um, we're a better offensive team now, uh, more efficient. Uh, it goes into net too, and uh, that makes a big difference. Um, Mac, that, that's a that's a fancy basketball thing about offensive efficiency, but like a novice, you know, just like a not, not novice, just like a casual basketball fan, right? You're like, you mm-hmm. know, like what makes you excited Accurate. about watching Nebraska basketball right now? Uh, I like the way we're playing. Actually, I like the way we're playing defense. We don't we don't go for ball fakes. We, you know, keep our feet and rotate quickly. It's been a lot of effort. I like seeing effort from the guys, and it's really nice. Yeah. I'm a big fan of of Hoiberg's adjustment this year. I'm a big fan of him getting better and growing into the role and growing into the conference. And you know, I still have my doubts about his ability to to build and 
maintain a team. Like, I don't know how this will translate into next year at all. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Sure. It's funny how the players on your roster immediately become better. Once you start winning some games and you start getting excited about the yeah. roster next year, but like mm. three weeks ago, but this, the whole team was garbage and like, what, no one, no one's going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I, I'm you know, the comparison with Frost is natural because they kind of came in at the same time, but <clears throat> he's doing things that Frost wasn't doing in you know in his final year, and that is adjusting and it is improving and it is working with what he has to, to be better in a conference that he maybe wasn't totally equipped to handle when he first came in here. And that's that's all encouraging to me. You can't I feel like Fred's pedigree speaks for itself. He he I'm I just am really hopeful that we can build on this i don't think there's any way he gets fired this year i don't i don't i don't care yeah, no. how the rest of the season plays out there's no way he goes anywhere so we got him i'm happy about that let's ride it i i enjoy the team's effort right now um kz is fun he's he's you know got a lot he's of enthusiasm fun, yeah. out there i've been Absolutely. waiting for at least a year i honestly i hear about him making a lot of shots but i swear every time i lay eyes on him he never Mac, he's anything. the japanese so, steph curry i know he is that's why he He's gonna be great. He's he looks great. like it sometimes. We use we use his he name does. and Curry's name on a YouTube video, and we are getting more listens than okay. anything else at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, and some I like of the Sam layups Hoiberg. he makes and his range, it, you, mm. yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I, they're a fun team. I, I think one of the things that's happened out of the last couple weeks too is to go back to being down seventeen to Wisconsin. Is that's the game that that Blaze Kada really had his sure. breakout game. And yep. the importance and the thing that's driven me nuts for so long, even beyond um, the, the Hoiberg era, is the amount of times that we would go out there was basically one big on the court, that we couldn't find ways to get two guys of size yeah. on the court at the same time. And one of my absolute favorite lineups that we've had right now, now Kata was, um, I think he was nursing the injury, so he didn't play against Minnesota. Yep. But when we, the last couple of games, we, when we've had Kata and Walker on the court at the same time with Greasel, Sam Hoiberg and Tomanaga. That's been an, an outstanding lineup for us. And that lineup doesn't even make sense a month ago. Like you wouldn't even th- like who's Sam Hoiberg. Only one of the three, right? Yeah. 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 And so guys that the, the injuries have caused guys. Now we have Hoiberg stepping up that, you know, walk on kid is stepping up into the role. Tomanaga obviously had to step up into a role that he wasn't playing earlier in the season. Now you're getting Lawrence out there and playing. And then there's Kata as well. So, Guys have had to step up because of the injuries. Uh, this team wouldn't be the same team if we still had Bandamel and and uh, Gary not injured. And and I don't I assume we would have been you know doing pretty well if we had those guys. But it's a different team with them injured. But now other guys have had to step up. And honestly, the biggest change for me when we talked to Sipple was I, I I questioned what do we have coming back. That was my question four weeks ago. I don't question that as much right now. I, I'm a lot more confident with some of the the younger guys that have now stepped up and are playing and, and, um, and we'll see what, what that leads to, but uh, he still ha- obviously has recruiting work to do to, to supplement the team that is coming back. But I feel a lot better about what we have coming back now. Yeah. I mean, it'd be awesome if we got KSA to come back. There's some issues with foreign players with NIL, but I, I hear Kentucky's worked their way around that. So maybe we can figure that out. Um, and that would be a, a, a big deal. And yeah, I mean, like Jamarcus Lawrence looks like a legit big time player here in the future. And mm-hmm. and and Kata, uh, you, you do need to fill in a few few pieces, but the transfer portal um, is is out there. And look, I mean, in the past, he was using a, a different coaching staff to recruit to a different system, and he's 
I mean, Gary and Banamel were really good additions and Gary's going to be back next year. So, I mean, I think they can, you know, go out there and do that again. Um, and, and Rob, you mentioned, uh, John bowl. Is that right? Uh, I, it's, yeah, it's bowl. Seven foot two. Yeah. And, um, is essentially one of these, that unicorn guys who's seven, two, and, uh, not only is just a, a center, but he can, you know, is actually pretty athletic. Like you're asking me to say his name and I'm pretty sure I would mispronounce it. And you know, that's just, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, like, I think it's interesting, you know, I, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, hockey's the mispronouncer. Come on, Rob. No, I said um, I, Beatrice, Nebraska. Right? Beatrice, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's just because you don't know anything, Rob. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, I don't know anything. It is John Bull, by the way. It is yeah. John Bull, by the way. He um, calls it Houston Street in New York, too, you know. Yeah, Columbus. <laughs> and what do you guys live in? Aren't you guys from Columbus? Is that right? Like Kearney. 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 Norfolk. Novel. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's actually Carney. It's Prague, Nebraska. <laughs> right. um, yeah. I sent you guys, it was up in about um, uh, the number one draft pick coming up. This uh, Victor, I can't remember. I can't pronounce his last name. I'm really going to try. He's from France. So he's seven foot four, but he acts like he's six, seven, you know, you know, natural, you know, power, power. Forward kind guy. Of player. Yeah, but he's seven, four now, but. Um, the article in the Athletic mentioned uh, a North Dakota State guy, Grant Nelson, who's like six ten, and now he's getting a, a um, some some interest from the NBA. But he could use another year of seasoning. And I'm like, boy, that would be the type of guy you'd want to transfer in from North Dakota State, just just mm-hmm. like Sam did. And bam, you know that could be a huge another piece of the puzzle, right? So um, I do think by winning, <laughs> it does change the recruiting story from a transfer standpoint because now it's like, look, I mean, we can go to the tournament next year with a couple of good additions that fit into this culture yep. that we've established and, and let's, let's actually be competitive, you know, Mac. I, I have a question for you basketball guys about this, because it does seem like whatever we're doing now has had a little bit more success in the, in the big 10. So with that in mind, is that kind of give Hoiberg a better blueprint to recruit to, or is like now yeah. that he's kind of found a, a formula that works is that something to get more excited about? Because it seems like until recently that we've just kind of been doing different things. Offensive style was a little bit more fast paced and ball. And, and now we've kind of changed that. Will that, will that potentially help direct our recruiting so we can, because everybody's plug and playing basketball. It's not like, I know it's hard to build a step, uh, a roster and keep it in today's day and age anyway. Right. So, but if you know what kind of system works, does it make it a little bit easier to go out and target guys and go, we can put him in here. He can play that role. Do you see that being a benefit going forward with this year's success? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hockey, uh, once we had Sipple on, I think he mentioned that he was talking to somebody and, and they told him like, you know, I I don't know if Horberg's offense is going to work in the big 10. And sure enough, it it, it didn't, but to Horberg's credit, he actually converted to a, a defensive first mentality. And then he's been able to kind of adjust on the fly as the season went on and roster, um, you know, the roster personnel changed, but I think that he's he's rediscovered, you know, what it's going to take to win here at, at this level of college basketball and can apply that um, going yeah. forward with the blueprint. Absolutely. I think one of the things that Sipple talked about, too, one of his concerns four weeks ago was he was concerned is, is you know, does Fred have it in him? Just like just personally. I mean, is he is he looking like he's getting beat down from all the all the losses and everything? And does he have the. 
you know, just the, the, the inner fight to, or whatever it takes to, to come back. And anyone that's watched him here over the last, these last six games and to see the, you know, his, his personality is coming out a little bit even, you know, and, and he's gotten fiery in some games and that's good. And he's made some changes. So th- those are the things I, I, I said it at the time four weeks ago. I appreciated the things that he was doing. That he 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 made an honest effort. I think this entire year to make changes that needed to be made to have success in this league. The argument against the frost last year of of mm-hmm. not making those changes, and that's you know I, I absolutely appreciate it, and I love seeing that it, it's starting to work now. And uh, and yeah, to that to that point about uh, Sip there, you know, he said that uh, there were coaches. You know, he thought it was going to work from day one with Hoiberg and those, those other coaches that and people that he talked to were like, nah, he can't run what he's running there. And, 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 you know, whether it took him four years or not, he made the changes that need to be made. And now this team is starting to look like a, like a competitor. Yeah. You know, Rob, I'm going to throw you a question here really quick. Yeah, and yeah. then you can, can uh, wax off of that. Uh, from the, the Fred Hoiberg dynamic, I think part of that and how much he had left in his tank coming from his son, right? I mean, Sam Hoiberg yeah. is, has to be a little bit of an inspiration for, so, for Fred just to see how that's played out. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you actually brought that up too, Dave, because something that I noticed, because I, I college basketball, I would say, is probably top three of my sports that I watch as far as like consistently, like where I'll sit down and just watch games of random teams out of nowhere because I love the tournament. It's probably my favorite sporting event of the, of the entire year, and not just because Honky comes out to Denver. And – so one thing that I did notice about this team, and it's kind of a summary of all of your points about everything you've been saying, is that the team at the beginning of the year really impressed me because of what you said, Dave, where Hoiberg basically changed his overall game plan to adjust to the game of the Big Ten, right? Using the bigs, a lot more banging the boards, rebounds, everything. They just couldn't seem to hit their free throws anymore. It, it was frustrating. It was you know killing. Now these two guys go out, and all of a sudden it seems like we're watching – what Hoiberg wished the team could have been last year, but like Walker's playing out of his mind is the big, right? He's kind of, he's in there a lot of inside out going on. The guys that were supposed to be hitting the threes last year are now hitting the threes this year on a more consistent basis. They seem to be making their free throws in key moments. They seem to, it's almost like he, he basically meshed two different, teams together for this last part of the season has not only made it the exciting kind of basketball that he maybe wanted last year with the you know what I like to call the boring big 10 you know big man game Mm -hmm. where you know and he's been able to take both of those philosophies and turn it into what this team is doing right now and it's and it's actually been really fascinating for me to watch I mean we're being honest in, in my negativity about the team fire Fred I think was like you know, on the text thread, I'm, I'm absolutely, I was just like, this guy needs to go. This is terrible. And he's absolutely now just got me hooked. And I'm like, okay, well, if he can coach like this with, with these type of circumstances, sure. what's he going to be able to do if he can bring in a few other pieces for next year and get these guys back that were injured this year and all these other things going on. And so I'm, I'm intrigued by, by the entire situation. I, I, it's been fantastic. I actually look forward to the games to watch them. I'm not just watching them for the Red Cats. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. watching because well, I, mean, I want to watch good college basketball. And we've got it. got Michigan State here uh, tomorrow night, um, and then on the road uh, at Iowa over the weekend. Um, hopefully, we get another stare off from Fran. I mean, that will be <laughs> exciting. <laughs> 
I'd love to see like Hoiberg and him doing a stare down with each other. It would be great. Just Bo- Boomer, Fran would be a great manager in wrestling, you know, is, where yeah, you're yeah, like, you know, is there yeah, a school with more unlikable coaches between head coach of football and the head coach of basketball? Like, I swear to God. Like, well, I think Auburn might be up there. That's different. You mentioned like with Kentucky that the, they may have done this with a, a player with the NIL, a foreign guy. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, there are schools that we can. I'm sure there are there are schools that you look at. I'm sure Auburn, Kentucky, if they can figure out a way to make it work, those schools will make it work. Well, then you know that can be our model with the you know. Ari- Arizona work. literally has an entire roster full of nothing but foreign players. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. I think they're starting five. I don't think Arizona still uses bag money. <laughs> yeah, they've got the bag man. They've always had the bag man. That's why Sean Miller got fired. You know, but I mean. <laughs> yep. Yeah, That's but right. I mean, they That's do. They're, I think they're starting five. I don't think a single one of them has a U.S. citizenship so, at this point. Well, we'll, we'll see, but it, it should be fun if uh, they can get – let's just talk about this really quick and let's move to baseball. Um, one more regular season victory would be really helpful for an NIT bid, right? Yep. If you can finish your regular season above 500, um, then it really feels like only one Big Ten tourney game would guarantee you above 500. And that would look pretty good to an NIT who probably wants to have 15,000 people um, at a, a first round Nebraska home game in the NIT. Um, mm-hmm. But there's no guarantees. Right. So, um, you know, just try to win as much as you can here. And uh, whether they finish uh, with a buy in the first round of the, in the Big Ten tournament or uh, take advantage of uh, actually getting that extra game against a, a lower opponent opponent, they um, they've got a shot. They've got a shot. All right, guys, um, let's uh, talk about just a little bit of baseball. Uh, we've hit the one-hour mark, go figure, but let's go around the Van Horn. And um, now, uh, you know, it was a rough first week, 0-3-1, but they did score a lot of runs um, in those last two games. And uh, they turn around and sweep uh, Southern Alabama, the Jaguars, I believe, of Southern Alabama. Yeah. Um, and so um, I just saw the uh, RPI, the all too early RPI. I think we're number three in the RPI guys. Hey, so That's right. The math is on our side this year. San Diego's number one. So yeah, yeah no kidding. So Boomer, uh, what do you think about baseball? It's nice to see that we bounced back, huh? Yeah, it would have been nice to at least get one out of that San Diego. And Man. you hate yeah. to say those were close losses, but they were. And one was. Well, a tie. what was the tie? Yeah. <laughs> So I, you know, it was nice that there were opportunities to win those games. You know, they're scoring runs, which was a problem, you know, last year. So you just have to get pitching kind of under control. And so there's something to work with. I mean, they've got a big test coming up here. You know, you get Vanderbilt and Old Miss, you know. Yes. Weekend. So you've got an opportunity to, to capture one of these early season wins against a top flight opponent that we really haven't had for quite a while. So yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to see how they perform. If they can get one of those wins, that'd be great. Yeah. Honky, um, to Boomer's point there, we missed an opportunity. I think uh, San Diego is going to be a, a pretty good team this year. They were a good team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that could have been one of those nice like quad one wins that would have helped the non-conference and the overall net ranking as uh, Nebraska baseball goes into big 10 play. Uh, they didn't get it. Um, so now um, the opportunities out there this week with um, Ole Miss um, defending champion, I believe, um, and Vanderbilt, um, who is a perennial 
um, title contender and um, won a title not too long ago. Um, so they could still won um, from those guys. I think they also play Hawaii, I, I believe. Is that right? And this right, is all yes. in um, beautiful um, Minneapolis inside the, the Viking Stadium. Oh, my gosh. The, that stadium looks terrible. Like, they were showing some photos. Well, of the stadium, it's the field that looks terrible. The field, right? the field looks yeah, terrible. Uh, like, I mean, they still have lines on it from the, the first down yeah. lines, you know, the five-yard lines. Get those. Uh, yeah. It just, it just looks yeah, awful. They are, Oakland. <laughs> But um, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. they put dirt out there, Rob, just to make you feel feel comfortable. <laughs> but uh, you know, you, you mentioned like these opportunities with Vanderbilt and Ole Miss, and and that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's an opportunity to get a big win. The Big Ten right now, uh, in uh, Iowa beat LSU yeah, as an example. Right. Took one of three, I think, there and um, Indiana, Maryland, Illinois. All of them have had some big wins. Uh, it, we, this conference has wins against Texas and. A uh, couple other things. I saw this one tweet about it, and it was just, you know, that's going to play a role later in the season. What you do now is important, and I, I still think, and this is a conversation for a later day. It, it's so unfortunate that we're playing right now. We shouldn't be. It should. This college baseball should be starting in a month, not starting now. But, but because of that, you, you can't just throw away these weekends, you know. And and it's important to get a win when you can. And and my goodness, if they could figure out a way to split Vanderbilt and Ole Miss, that would be amazing later in the season, uh, you know, when hopefully we're we're well above 500 and and a game like that can do something for your resume. Yeah. Did Iowa hang a banner after they beat LSU? (laughs) (laughs) I think they did, Max. I I think it's already up, you know. (laughs) They probably did. They got that that banner guy on speed dial. Hey, (laughs) Gene. Yes, and their coach was giving stare downs as well. He's on the, retainer. Uh, the, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hang a banner. <laughs> We've had marginal uh, success. Call the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I and this is important. Last year in football. Uh, you know, I mean, like, it would be great if we could reestablish ourselves and just say, oh, gosh, here was a little little blip on, on the Will Bolt era. Because, I mean, UCLA will be in here before you know it. Um, and, um, you know, that, that's good baseball is coming here and, and we want to be able to, to really forge some, some really good big 10 baseball, um, with a realigned, uh, 16 team conference, um, boomer, uh, you know, do you, you feel like, uh, that the, um, the big 10 is for the taking this year. I mean, I saw that Northwestern's coaching staff already left their, their yeah, program. That's, so. that's a little bit of disarray. So if you ever think you've got problems, yeah. I'd, <laughs> it's just, there's one, there's one Northwestern coach that came to the office today, kind of like, you know, John Travolta in Pulp Fiction when he's just looking around and there's nobody there. And that's, that's kind of yeah. what it was, but yeah. I, you know, I, I've said the big 10 should be ours for the taking for well, uh, quite a few years now. So I'm, I'm going to hesitate to say that, but you got to, it's a good year as any. So somebody has to win the conference. Why not us? So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, um, we'll be a little bit off before we actually see some, uh, home, home stands for Nebraska baseball, but, uh, hopefully they can rack up some, some wins that count towards the net and RPI, uh, starting this weekend in Minneapolis. All right, guys, anything else we want to chat about? All right, let's, uh, hit the parting shots. And uh, get ourselves out of here, and let's uh, let's go with Redcast Rob. Well, I, I I promised you all a really big announcement. 
um, here. And I'm not counting on it, Rob, really, to be honest with so, you. I mean, I know there's a lot of buildup and everything, and I just want to let you guys know. I cannot tell you how riveted I've been all show. I'm like, oh, I've yeah, let me tell you, yeah. You can, guys, uh, hey, what, what you, can, you can just know that I lied. All right, I was just <laughs> trying to get you guys to watch the entire show, and oh. I got nothing. I lied. Nothing. So. All right. Well, I like your honesty, Rob. That's actually a headliner right there. Because, That's your best parting you know. shot ever. <laughs> your regular PT Barnum right there, buddy. <laughs> well, speaking of PT Barnum, here's Boomer. <laughs> well, we know it's coming to the end of February, March, just around the corner. So everyone's favorite sports time of year because the AFL season kicks off here in a couple of weeks. So go ahead Two and weeks. break out your, your hats and scarves. and there is. They're ready to root on the Saints to another middling season, probably head best. So, oh, well, but we're be still there for it. The, so go Saints! It can't be it worse a, than the North Melbourne Kangaroos, which is a my big, team. So. A big weekend. Honky's out of here. It's St. Patrick's Day, um, and eight forty-five Mountain Time uh, that evening, the North Melbourne uh, Kangaroos are will be kicking off the AFL season. So. Um, once basketball is over, uh, honky, be ready for some AFL action. I'll um, actually wear my Rouge shirt that day, switches. Dave, just yep. for you. I have a, I have a North Melbourne, North Melbourne Rouge shirt that I will wear that day when we're watching games. All right. All right. Wonderful. Uh, Mac, bring us back to the North American continent. Sure what do you got for me? <laughs> I was just going to give a shout out to Malachi Coleman was at a uh, Lux middle school today. My, my daughter mm-hmm. comes home and she goes, Hey dad, uh, you know who Malachi Coleman is? I'm like, yeah. How do you know? He's oh, he's in my school. He he dapped me up. I, and so I'm sure I was he there? What was the whole thing? Of course, she's so it's all like, I don't know. He was just there, you know. <laughs> but he spent the whole day there in the school, kind of playing basketball with the kids and everything like that, having a good time. I don't know why. I don't know what for. <laughs> he, apparently, nobody else was with him. This is my daughter, but hey, Malachi, thanks, man. <laughs> She That's she remembered cool. you, and anything I anybody can do to get my kids hyped up about how Husker athletics, I'm all for. So appreciate it. Very mm-hmm. cool, very cool. All right, Onyx, get us out of here. Well, uh, actually, one of my two parting shots was about Malachi Coleman. He was on uh, on the road with Steve Hartman two weeks ago, and uh, that was on CBS News on the Friday, and it was a great story about how he had NIL money coming his way with muchachos. But the way that he chose to, to use that money was to turn around and give it to the foster program, which is something that uh, he was a part of growing up. And, and, uh, and so the, the idea, I, I thought it was kind of interesting too, because NIL gets such a, a bad rap by some people and the, these changes that have happened in college football, the transfer portals, such a bad rap, but here's a great example of a great kid using, using the resources that he's getting from it for a very good cause. And so, uh, that's awesome. And it doesn't surprise me to see if he's doing stuff, you know, out of school for, for kids too. And then my other one is, uh, you know, we, you love them or hate them. And we've had times over the years where we've, we've, uh, you know, disagreed, but Dirk Chatwin, uh, he, uh, he wrote his last piece yesterday for the, uh, the world Herald. Great. Piece. Uh, you know, it, it's the one thing, if you're probably doing something a little bit, right. If you are creating, a lot of discussion and, and things that he would write and things that he would question things different from other people. Like I said, it was, I didn't always agree with it, but that his job wasn't to write things. I always agree with either. And, and by the way, he wasn't always wrong either, <laughs> you know, in the, yeah, in the long, that's in the long run. So so, <laughs> well, Rob yes. annoying. That's almost, a, that's a synonym right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, Pot no one, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. wanted no one, right. But are you projecting anyway. Rob? 
I absolutely am. I do want to give him credit there. And I, I think that Dirk, uh, you know, it's, he did a, he, he did something different than a lot of other people in state uh, that were writing on, about this program would do. I mean, and he would question things. And uh, so anyways, I wish him well. Uh, I, I did enjoy reading his stuff. And so uh, anyways, he's, uh, he's done now with the world hero, but he still might be doing some freelance and some other things he said, but he's, He's at least moved on from doing the the day-to-day sports writer role there. Yep, absolutely. Good stuff, guys. All right, well, this was a fun show, man. We uh, just kind of threw this together, and uh, having everybody on was a blast. Um, I'll look forward to Hockey's fan forums, and I'm sure we'll we'll have one of these here in the not-too-distant future. I I should say, too, real quick, Dave, I'm sorry, just one last two, is that um, I am actually planning, I think probably sometime next week, to have Eric Francis on. Um, He's the uh, Hill Varsity photographer. He has been for 20 years. Um, And he's going to come on, and we're just going to talk a little bit about his experience as the photographer. And um, they've got a podcast that him and Brady Oltman have together that's that's on the Herd at and uh, Herd at Network, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that because it's a it's a really interesting podcast that I that I do listen to as well. And um, of course, the name escapes it. It's called the Eye Test. There you go. And nice. um, and yeah, and we're gonna talk about that. And I just want to talk with him about just kind of the way that he's able to capture some of the moments that he does as um, basically the. Well, varsity photographer and you yeah. and you had connection with him out there at, at Rutgers. I did, and we'll talk about that too. I mean, him and I, yeah, I literally carried his camera for him while he was running around the field. And every time Rob was would, the bag boy. Every, every time that I would get a good shot on the field, it's because I was following him around to where he was going on the field. So I was there for pretty much both touchdowns. I was standing probably ten feet away from each time the, Very the cool. ball was in the end zone. So that was pretty cool. But so that'll be right. a lunch cast then, right? Me, um, yeah. I'll probably do it more in one of the evenings just because my schedule these days is nuts during the day okay. but summertime's easier for that sort of stuff. all right yeah. all right looks like max got another parting shot yeah re- yeah just real quick before we get out of here uh, i wanted to i want to give a shout out actually at honk man uh that interview did with cody glenn that was a super cool um it's an era of football that we don't talk about much with with the, the callahan era and really him, him kind of blending in the Pelini era it was it was timely cody was great he was super engaging i love that you do those you always you always suss out a lot of good conversation and you come at it from good angles. You do a great job with that, man. And I, and I, and I, I truly do enjoy those. So keep that up. I've enjoyed this new uh, Matt rule show. I don't know if you guys heard that at all. It's really good. These two guys are sharp. Man. I mean, I don't know who they are, but they sure know their Husker football. Yeah. I still have some listening to go back. Maybe at the beginning of the show. I was on vacation last week. I missed those. So yeah, it's be, usually uh, there's, we're a few drinks in, and it's like, ah, oh, let's let's now it makes sense to go on air. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's pretty good dialogue. Well, yeah, I'm all loose enough. Yeah, that's yeah. right. All right, guys. Uh, it was a really fun show. Good stuff. Uh, look forward to doing another one here shortly. Uh, for now, let's call that a go big red cast. Go big red. Here we are. Heard at Sports Network Production.